Hello, this is Crusher Talk, and I am your friend, Haley Crusher Kane, if you didn't know that already. Uh, welcome to another episode. I'm here to talk to you about my recent adventure to the Chicagoland area for Hoof Fest, that is Hands Off Our Fest, a festival for thems, femmes, queens, queers, women, uh, all sorts of cool people, and it was really fun. Um, it took place in Blue Island, Illinois, which is about 20 minutes outside of Chicago. Um, a very, like, I don't know, um, rural, small town. It really felt like any little small town you might see just traveling around the Midwest. A lot of train tracks, you know, little little restaurants and stuff. Uh, didn't know what to expect in this this, like, Blue Island, Illinois situation because... I will say that playing outside of a major city is always going to be your best bet because A, people there are going to be a lot more appreciative and excited to see you. Two, you have less competition and things going on. And three, I mean, I'm a, I consider myself a small town kind of gal and I just think people are friendlier and you're just going to probably not have weird, annoying run-ins with like, I don't know, people are dicks in the city. How else can I put it? nobody disagrees with me. Nobody disagrees with me. Everybody's a dick everywhere. That's true. But if you're going to, you're going to be in a small town, there's a sense of responsibility where people just aren't going to be lame. So, I mean, they're not going to like steal your gear or something because the town is small. People talk, blah, blah, blah. You guys know. Anyways, this was a, our experience, um, heading out to that festival. Uh, we got in the van with our drummer, Gabe 2.0, our lead guitar player, Ryan and his wife, headed out a day early to like just do some cool date stuff and like hang out. And some people might think that we're crazy to travel six, four to six hours, uh, depending on traffic. It's always somehow six hours to get to Chicago from Detroit for a 25 minute set. Some might call you crazy. Some might call us crazy. Maybe we are crazy. Um, however, when my friend Birdie V asked us to play it's funny because I said no like the first three times because I was like, we're going to be literally leaving to go to California like right around that time, which we are leaving for California in like two days. Um, it's really far away from Detroit. Uh, anyone will tell you. It just It's just there's traffic. You're just going to hit traffic. It's going to, you know, we didn't actually hit too much, but we did hit some on the way back. Anyways, um, it, there's just a lot of reasons why it didn't really make sense, but in talking to her about like the festival and like what it's about and the fact that she was trying to carve out like her own little event for people that are traditionally like not as celebrated in the Chicago area scene. Um, it started to really grow on me and I was helping her with some press stuff like press release and just like, I don't know, being there for her while she was organizing it and through that process of kind of talking to her about, I think we were talking about like labels and like she's working on her first vinyl release. And so we were just like giving her some advice and chatting with her. And she's like, are you sure you don't want to do this festival? You'd be great for it. And we were just, we're just like, screw it, let's do it. And I think it's always, a, it's always a hell yes when you feel like it's a hell yes. And sometimes you'll do something that is more traditionally, logical that isn't a hell yes so although there may be shows closer to Detroit that were like a logical fit they're not as much of a hell yes as hoof fest was and just being a really grassroots or like grassroots event um 
combining like girls rock camp and a local tattoo artist came and did flash tattoos and one of the tattoos was a tampon and it said shove it it was great and apparently of all the flash tattoos and a lot of people got um tattoos uh for like a discounted rate um at the event nobody got the tampon one and our our drummer gabe was laughing saying he was gonna get one and come home and um have his literally new new bride they just got married recently like a couple like a week ago um be like what you went to one female fronted fest and now you have a tampon tattooed on you but no one got the tampon um who else was there there was a local rug female rugby team um roller derby people uh obviously like a bunch of cool bands um of all different genres really cool mix of bands and then there was this other element of these two different drag drag queen and king performances which were really great and for anyone who's been to drag performances that are more like of the top 40 radio like lady gaga and madonna and all that stuff i I, i'm fine with that i mean i like all those kind of more like more mainstream drag things that's fine but this drag show was great because it was a lot more punk rock i mean some of the drag queens were dancing to like la tigre la la tigre Am I saying that right? Why am I saying it weird? Uh, La, La Tigra. Am I saying that right? Whatever. Um, Amel and the Sniffers and uh, one one of the drag queens was dressed up as 1990s Gwen Stefani, which just made my day because I remember being in sixth grade and like listening to Tragic Kingdom and thinking, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I want to be like Gwen Stefani. Um and uh, she danced to the lesser known track from that album, Sunday Morning, which I really love. And it was a radio hit. And yet I just don't see a lot of people doing it. I've done it for karaoke. It is a sleeper hit, you guys. Sunday Morning. Um, anyways, there was all of this happening at this event. And the fact that Birdie pulled it off, like I cannot even, I can't tell you how crazy it was to cut, like hear all these fun like ideas that she had as she was developing it and then going to this thing and being like you did it like how it's just really cool it's very inspiring and she did a great job with the help of her friends um bands drag queens everyone pulled together now of course the day had to be 80 degrees over 80 degrees why not um it was hosted at blue island beer company brewing company um they were really cool to put on something like this very cool place it was like a very large brewery um with like a bar area and then like a back a very large back area with that had a stage set up and that's where all the like the band's merch and booths were and there was obviously a stage and um like a huge green room area where there was a photographer set up with like a full-on like flash setup like taking photos of the bands which I was very into I mean it's very rare you play an event and a professional photographer says, hey, I'm here to take band photos if you like. I mean, that's incredible, right? So uh, unfortunately, I didn't get any full band photos, but I, you know I took advantage of uh, of the photography setup. And there's some really um, interesting <laughs> photos of me in my sequin jumpsuit um, doing my signature jumping moves. So if you want to see that, that's on our Instagram right now. And I don't know, not to toot my own horn, but I feel like I am the best poser. I am the biggest poser. I am the queen of posers. I cannot be beat. Um, so anyways, the event was 80. It was like 80 degrees out and there was construction like tearing up the road in front of this this brewery in this small town. 
So it was really hot. The place has no AC and there was construction. And yet it went off great uh, without a hitch. Uh, well, there was a little hitch, but I'll get to that later. Um, 80, 80 or more pre-sale tickets for this thing. So, you know, when you get a lot of pre-sales, you're going to get a lot of people. And I mean, there were hundreds of people that came in throughout the day. I would say like maybe like 200 people, maybe 150 came through and um, maybe more. It's hard to tell. It was a very large space and people came. It was from 2 p.m. to like 11 p.m. So people were coming through throughout the day. Obviously, some people stayed all day, but considering the heat and like people coming for different parts and different events and different bands, it made sense that people would come in and out. And I have to say, there was also a weird Barbie contest and that had to be one of the most surreal things that I've ever seen at a show. Um, if you haven't seen the Barbie movie yet, just Google Weird Barbie. And Weird Barbie is a universal concept. If you live anywhere where Barbies are played with, you know there's that one Weird Barbie that had its hair cut off and maybe it's burned a little bit. The makeup's been drawn on with Sharpie. Um, you know, I had many of these Weird Barbies. I always did weird stuff with Barbies. So uh, there, was a, there was a Weird Barbie contest, um, which I thought was just like the coolest thing. Um as Birdie said, they really rode the, the Barbie wave because it is such a fem femme fronting fem feminist event. Um, so it made sense to just ride that Barbie wave culturally. And a lot of the merch was like Barbie oriented. So just very cool. You guys, it was really cool. If you weren't there, I'm sorry. I'm sure 99% of you weren't there because I know I have listeners in all different areas and it's funny when I talk about things that are this hyper local to where I am, because I just think like maybe five of you know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of you, I'm here to regale you with the the uh, journey that we went on. So anyways, we get there. It's really fucking hot out. Um, luckily, we had a group chat going and everybody brought like fans. So there were fans that were sitting around um, at different booths and on the stage. I brought my box fan and uh, Sweetie being so I didn't even tell you birdie the organizer of the event is in a band called sweetie which is a really cool rock band um in Chicago and they have always had fans as their merch like handheld fans and the reason why this is is because birdie has a very close connection with the Chicago drag scene in fact her name is birdie v because she is from the house of vicious and her drag mom is cindy vicious so that's why she goes by Birdie with a V as her last name. And so she had handheld fans, which is a very drag concept. Like if you go to drag shows, you will see drag queens with these large fans. Often they are merchandise like with the drag queens logos on it or whatever. Um, because as we all know, being a drag queen, you melt very easily. I know as a, as a female drag queen, I melt very easily. If you are exerting yourself on stage or it's above, I don't know. 50 degrees you are going to be melting and your hair and your eyeliner and everything's going to be like falling apart so having a fan can be very helpful so this was very 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 um useful <laughs> like it was a very happy accident that uh sweetie's merch was fans so they have these giant fans that say sweetie on them in the rocky horror picture show um lettering so I, th I said it was a conspiracy theory that she knew it was going to be hot out and made sure that she had all these new fans stocked, but everybody was buying the, fa the fans and using the handheld fans. I'm talking about literally manual fans, not like little battery operated ones, just the ones you, you would use if you were, 
you know, a Southern belle on a hot day drinking a mojito, that kind of a fan. So anyways, we all made do with the heat. However, I felt so bad for the bands that started earlier in the day because it was so much hotter earlier and we played later on in the night. Um, I was really impressed with the fact that everybody pulled through. There were several bands. I mean, all of the bands were great, but there were a couple bands that stood out to me personally. And those were Shannon Candy, just like very weird, wacky, quirky band with some B-52s kind of vibes and like weird keyboard and um, Won't Stay Dead, which was just like a really high energy, spooky rock band. Um, both of those bands really blew me away. I mean, the whole, the whole event was incredible and there were so many great bands. Heat Death was great. Um, just those were the ones that as I was thinking about this audio gift, like I was like, okay, well, what, what bands are popping out? And those two were just two of my favorites. Um, and the fact that everybody kind of pulled through with the heat was pretty amazing. Um, we played like around like second to last band. And then there was a drag performance afterward, um, with of course, Sweetie being the headlining band and they were incredible, incredible. Of course, Sweetie is one of the standout bands. Um, they have a, uh, uh, stand-up bassist that is just like the, f- so fun to watch. If anybody knows, if anyone's seen like a really good stand-up bassist play, it's a whole body experience. And that combined with Birdie on guitar, she's so charismatic and she's so funny on stage. <laughs> she's just really good at like working the crowd and she's got an incredible, really rich voice. They had a new drummer who was incredible, Um, and you know, any band that's a three piece that can pull it off and just be that power trio. I'm just so impressed. We were a three piece for many, many years. And now I was a four piece. I love being a four piece, but there are times that I almost miss the simplicity of the three piece and the triangle that's required to just be locked in and to have each of those elements just perfectly locked in and just running on you know, 10 is just really, really fun to watch. So anyways, um, we were before Sweetie and started off great, having a great time. I know that the guys, at least Ryan, was drinking a lot of those free beers that were in the back um, in the green room uh, because it's an all-day event. And of course, it was just really fun. Um, it was kind of a loose, fun set and we were, we're having fun. It, I thought it sounded great. I had my in-ear monitors in, which I never use because... Most of the time, venues don't want to deal with it, but I just want to get used to using them. So I had my, not only did I have my in-ear monitors, in-ears in, I also purchased some like specific tape to tape them to my ears because for whatever reason, they still fall out, even though I've experimented with the different sizes, like they come with a little, little rubber thing you can put on the end, almost like earbuds to kind of fit them inside your ear canal. But anyways, I was like, I'm prepared. I have my in-ears. I'm having fun. Everything's good. We're sounding great. Ripping through our first song. And then of course, Dr. Kane's bass amp, which is not his amp. It's a borrowed amp that was used throughout the entire day, starts shorting out. And this amp eventually would completely die. But it was almost more annoying that it didn't just die immediately. Cause if it had died off the bat, we would have just like got a different amp on stage. It would have taken a while, but whatever. But because the amp was like going in and out, it was this thing where like he was using the amp throughout the entire set. And for whole songs, it would be like 10% of the bass was happening or none. Or like, 
I mean, it was so disconcerting because <laughs> um, we are such a bass heavy band and it just felt so weird to like hear it coming in and out. And I was fine. Like, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of Gabe and I'm proud of Ryan. We all pulled through and I'm proud of Dr. Kane. But there was a there was a moment where I could literally feel his heat coming off of him. He was so pissed because, of course, he's scrambling to be like, is it my pedal? Is it my chord? Am I going to try a different chord and troubleshoot that? And he did every one of those things, troubleshooting it. And anyone who's been on stage performing that has to troubleshoot gear, which at one point, like, I unplugged my guitar. And because I was, I don't know, I was just flustered from the bass amp being weird. I'm like, oh, my God, my guitar's not working. And then I realized, oh, it's just unplugged um, from the from my pedal board. Like, it can be so crazy and annoying and you feel like it's everyone's hyper focusing on you even though they're absolutely not but just because your gear's not working it can be like so stressful and I know for him he was just like why isn't this working it worked for every other band and of course you know we cut the sh our set a bit short even though it was a 25 minute set and um there was a point where he was I honestly like he threw down his cord and I just thought he was gonna like throw his bass into the crowd and later he confirmed that he was that pissed he's like I was just so mad um but I look like at the end of the show what happened was um the bass amp had been used for the entire show and it just like with the heat and the overuse it was just it was just done it just could did not have any more fight in it and it was just ready to take a, a long long nap so that's basically what happened it was weird it was weird too because it was our last show in the midwest and we had been kind of like hyping it up like yeah it's our last show together for the next five months and like it'll be so cool to do something so interesting with this festival and there's so many new friends we're gonna make and it'll be so fun and like you know, we had a great slot because Birdie was so gracious to give us this wonderful slot that was like the primo slot. And we're just like, sorry, guys. <laughs> there were certain parts of the set where I was just like, I guess I'm just going to tell jokes on stage and be a stand up comedian because there were times that I was we just stopped playing because we were thinking, oh, well, he's going to get it figured out and then we can just start again and this will all be forgotten. So that was stressful. Absolutely no one's fault. But I will say from the on the in the future, I think for festivals, we will bring our own gear, our own like bass amp, at least because um, you just never know what's going to happen. And um, I don't know, I guess that amp just had too much wear and tear and just maybe somebody blew it up by playing too loud. So lesson learned. Um also, the, the tape that I used, and I'll link it in the show notes if anyone needs it, worked perfectly for my ears. And when I tell you I was sweating bullets in my sequin, um, I was calling it my uh, Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan, 90s ice skater, full body sparkle jumpsuit, because that's what it was. Um, I was sweating bullets in that thing. And the fact that my sweat, and like, I know the ears don't have, well, I know this now because Dr. Kane told me at the event. The ears don't have sweat glands, so ears don't sweat. When I tell you there was probably sweat dripping from my hair into my ears and everywhere else, um, it was happening. And the fact that my in-ears stayed in, I was just really impressed. And I will link that body tape because I'm going to use those every single show. I felt so secure with them and just like, I don't know, I felt good. Um, so anyways, that was HoofFest. Uh, the, the best part about HoofFest was the people we met. I feel like we made at least like 
five or six new friends, um, just in audience members, people that had, you know, that live in Chicago. I even met like a new friend who is from California and now lives in Chicago. And we got to bond over that experience of like being a transplant, like what we like about living in the Midwest versus California. Um, just different bands that we had never like met before and just bonding more with our friends in the band Sweetie and Birdie graciously had us um, stay at her place that night. We had got to have brunch the next morning and just those are the little things that I miss about playing shows out of town that I think are so rewarding and I do tend to forget those things when I'm planning out of town gigs and I'm like this is gonna be such a pain in the butt um, and then I do it and I'm like everything about it was worthwhile even the times that were stressful, it was worthwhile. Like even, especially I would say the food you get to eat on the road is always such a rewarding experience because you have this excuse to try local restaurants and try the local, you know, the big local thing everyone likes. And although we did not get like a hot Italian beef or Chicago dog, which wah wah, oh well, oops. Um, I did that last time I was in Chicago, so I guess it's okay. We had some pretty good food. So in Blue Island, Illinois, which I know is kind of a weird place. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to be ending up there um, on some random occasion. But I will say, um, as a Californian who misses authentic Mexican food, we were blown away by the food at Carnitas y Taqueria Mohawken. Um, I'll link that in the show notes as well. The homemade tortillas that came with the tacos was incredible. And of course, at a place like that, you got to get the Carnitas so we got carnitas tacos. It was so good, you guys. And our guitar player, Ryan, ordered the chicharrones, you know, the pork skin. And the pork skin was in a glass, a glass case that looked to me to like a giant reptilian cage, like a reptilian container, like a where you'd see a lizard because it had like the red light hanging on it, like the warming lights. And it was in a glass case, like it was artwork or something. And I've never seen pork rinds, chicharrones, that were that large. Like it was like a full unbroken chicharrones that looked like the size of like a small pig that was then broken up into pieces. Usually you see it all broken up into pieces. I don't know if they – I don't know how they did that or if it was literally like a giant – like they used the pork skin – just unbroke. I, I don't know. It blew my mind. And I think their chicharrones are disgusting and I do not like pork rinds and more power to you if you do, but like not for me. I think it's gross. Um, that was just unique. I was like, that's weird. Also, it's sort of like a meat market. So as you're eating, there's like, a, like a glass case with all these Mexican meats in it. You can like check out and that was really cool. I did the salsa. The hot sauce was fresh made, came in little squeezy containers. It was very, very authentic um the most authentic mexican food i've had probably in the midwest probably period um and like again homemade tortillas like brand like brand new baby baby tortillas infant tortillas that were just born newborn newborn tortillas it was so good um really enjoyed that and then the next day we did end up going to um chicago cuz it was on the way home and actually i want to say chicago was a good 40 minutes away. It was pretty far from Blue Island. It was more than 20 minutes. It was like 40, 45 minutes away. Um, stopped at Lost Girls Vintage, which was recommended by Shannon Candy. It was a very expensive vintage store. I don't know if I would recommend it for vintage, but there was a lot of really cool 
um, newer pieces, including some stuff from one of my favorite female-owned brands in Michigan in Ann Arbor called Blue Platypus. I'm actually literally wearing a Blue Platypus jumpsuit as we speak. Um, they had a bunch of like they actually had the new jumpsuit that I want to buy, but I'm just waiting until it goes on sale. Um, they had a bunch of cool stuff like that there, like newer brands and things like that mixed with accessories and some vintage pieces that were just pretty expensive stuff. So I don't know, but I did end up getting some really cute sunglasses for an affordable price. They did have like cool accessories and the store itself was worth going to because it was like walking around a rainbow. The colors, I mean, just, it was full on dopamine colors, beautiful. Um, we also stopped and got some vegan ice cream at Black Dog Gelato nearby there. Um, that was really good. Um, what else? Um, okay, so we, we we really didn't do much in Chicago proper. We just walked around. We like walked up to the Wicker Park area. Just like went to a couple little vintage stores. It just like it was nice to stretch our legs a little bit and get a little bit of exercise and like look at the architecture and just like be in Chicago for a minute. Um, but on the way back, the the thing that happened, I mean, the only thing that I will talk about because it's the only thing that sticks in my mind now. It will it will be part of what is remembered about this trip. Um, so we have two batteries in the van, the battery that powers the van and then a secondary battery that powers our awesome um, our fan um, aftermarket fan that we installed. That was a gift from my mom and my stepdad, Killian, one of the best gifts we've ever gotten, by the way. Um, it like opens up and uh, in the roof and provides fresh air um, in the van whenever like we're in a hot scenario. It's so useful, you guys. I love it. I love having my fan, but it powers the fan and it also powers um, several like USB chargers for like our little light sources that we use, um, our electric toothbrush. If I need to use a hairdryer to like do my bangs or something, it's like our secondary battery. And that secondary battery allows Dr. Kane and I to sleep in the van and just like have all those amenities um, because we did sleep in the van. We always sleep in the van. Um, so we have two batteries. And essentially what happened was one of the batteries, the one that runs the van was fine. The secondary battery that's in like the, it's in the back. It's like in the actual sitting area of the van, like under our sink that was installed and under like, like behind, I guess the driver's seat, um, like against the wall of the van, I guess is how I would describe it. I mean, it was very much, it's very much inside the van. It's not like encased under a hood or something. It's like inside the actual carriage of the van, um, interior of the van, I should say that, that battery overheated. And I don't know how this happened, but I think what happened was, um, Dr. Kane was like, Hey, can you turn the battery off if you're not using it? And me thinking the battery was on, I turned it off, but I guess I, turned it from off to on, not realizing that it had already been off. And so the fan was actually, the, 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 um, batteries actually on like for a long time. And, um, apparently these batteries only last like five to six years anyways. It's been about like five years since we got this van, it's the 2018 ProMaster, Dodge ProMaster. And so the van, the, the battery basically exploded and, what happened was we were, we were like maybe four hours into our, three or four hours into our trip. 
and I was laying in the in the loft area of the bed and the guys keep like looking back at me and Gabe's like are you farting and I'm like no like if I was farting as much as it seems like I'm farting because it smelled like sulfur in the van which is why they were asking if I was farting I was like I would say something because it would be hilarious and he's like yeah it just smells like sulfur really bad and I'm like yeah I know it's so weird and so we googled it and apparently that can mean that your battery is overheating or something or like leaking and so we're like ooh, that's not good so we open the windows and then um we're just we're just you know driving along and I hear this like pop and it sounded almost like not as bad as a gunshot but like pretty loud like it literally was a like a pop and then just smoke billowing out of this like encased wood area where the battery is housed like in that area just like billowing smoke um, and the smoke was actually like nox- noxious fumes from the battery. Um, in my mind, all I could think, because I'm a squirrel, was like, oh, no, the van's on fire. And also, you know, all the movies you watch, every movie has a car exploding in America. I don't understand it. I don't know why. It's not a thing that ever really does happen. I mean, it does, but not as much as you'd think. But my brain went to straight reptilian mode and was just like, fire van explosion freaking out and I was just like oh my god the van's on fire and we were on the freeway we were about literally like two miles from Morningside in Detroit like the the area where we were supposed to pick up our dogs from the dog sitter and we are on the side of the highway thinking the van's like on fire because it's literally smoke um Dr. Kane is like, don't use water on it because it's a chemical thing. Like, use a blanket. Like, put it out. I'm like, no, I'm not doing shit. Because <laughs> in my mind, I was just thinking of explosions. Pull over on the side of the road. I, like, book it out of the van. Um, and we're, we're just on the side of the road in Detroit with all these cars just, like, zipping by on the freeway going really fast. And the embankment on the side of the road, it was just, like, this tiny little spot for us to park. And then just a steep hillside up. And... Gabe immediately like runs up the hillside, which I was like, huh, that's weird. Um, Dr. Kane gets in the back and like, I don't even know. He just like was saved the day and worked his magic on this battery um, to get it to stop smoking and like turned, you know, turn the van off, obviously, so that there wouldn't be any, any energy going to the battery. And we called my stepdad, Killian, and we asked him about it. And he gave us some advice about the battery. And so we were like, okay, we're going to figure this out. Um, but I realized, cause I talked to Gabe afterward. I'm like, why are you on the side of this like really steep hill, like on the side of the freeway? And he's like, I've seen way too many videos of people like changing their tire on the side of the road and getting decapitated or like scary shit, like cars, like running into other parked cars because they're not paying attention and they, and that's true. It's a thing. And so I'm going to just relay that to you because I joined Gabe on the hillside uh, while Dr. Kane valiantly worked to fix the problem because that is the thing that happens. I will remember that. Um, Don't be like hanging out on the side of the road unless you are inside of your vehicle. If you are outside of your vehicle in any way, just like get as far away from the vehicle as you possibly can. So that's what we did. Um, anyways, we, we were able to disconnect the battery and get our butts home. Thank God. Got home. Um, gosh, yesterday, two days ago. Yeah. Sunday night. And, um, yeah, that brings us to current times, I suppose, but that was a first for us. And of course we are gearing up for a, you know, 
thousand, two thousand mile journey west to California, and we will not have our secondary battery, which honestly sucks so much because the weather has actually been pretty hot, and I want my fan. And just, I'm just not, I'm not happy about it, but what are you going to do? Of course, these things happen exactly when you need like the secondary battery, but whatever, (sighs) we're going to be fine. And, um, I'm looking forward to being back in California and I'm honestly looking forward to the drive itself. I haven't done van life in a while, so that'll be fun. Um, we're getting the house all cleaned up for our friend Sam to come stay at the house and just like be our house sitter slash renter while we're, while we're gone. Um, I'm also excited. I just let's like make a complete left turn um, about um, a book I pre-ordered a couple months back that's now available as of today. My pre-order is available. I think it's available for everyone now. Um, the book is called Death Valley and it is by Melissa Broder, who's a author I really, really like. I've talked about her before on here. Um this all I know about this book is that it's supposed to be kind of like more of a profound book from this author who's known for really sardonic, dark, like, I don't know, sarcastic kind of writing that's very ultra modern and very like, I don't know, very real. Um, this is supposed to be like sort of like a vision, like a more of a visionary kind of book. Um, her other books are called Milk Fed and um, The Pisces. And the Pisces is about a woman who falls in love with a merman. And it's great if you like the mix of magical realism with like an ultra just black humor kind of writer. Um, The book is called Death Valley and it's a darkly funny novel about grief that becomes a desert survival story. So that's kind of like the, the little jacket um, information. I don't know anything else about the book, so I'm just excited that it's, it's available and I'm going to be able to listen to it on on audible. So yeah, I'm excited for that. If you're looking for a book to read, I'm sure it'll be great. Everything Melissa Broder does is great. Um, I love her. Um, I'm also working on just like some promos and things for the new single. I will tell you it is an Iggy pop song. Um, you know, to, as to pay an homage to our time in Detroit and, I will tell you the full story of this. Uh, If I haven't already, I can't remember, but I will get into it once the song is out on Halloween. Um, What else? Um, I've been really enjoying both Doja Cat's new music, which is quite a departure from what I normally listen to. But um, I don't know. I think that's sometimes you want that in your life. Sometimes you're just like, I want to listen to a hip hop record. Um, And her, some of her new songs are just really interesting. Um, like her song attention I'm thinking of specifically is really beautifully done. Um, I'm also been listening to, cause you guys know when I'm working, I love to listen to instrumental music. My favorite instrumental uh, music right now is called 1960s instrumental instrumental mix. And that's been great for me on Spotify. If you're looking for something to like work to or write to or work out to, or go on walks to. Um, I do have a quality thought of the week, uh, which I didn't have last week, but I do this week just naturally it popped up. Um, it goes to, um, the fried burnout podcast. Um, the episode is called head trash versus inner knowing. And it's an episode with author Nicole Khalil. Um, she's the author of the book validation is for parking, how women can beat the confidence con 
which I have not read. But um, I actually didn't knew nothing about Nicole when I listened to the podcast. Um, but she just her wisdom hit me just it just hit right for me. Sometimes you listen to something and the way that the information is delivered just hits you in a specific way. And for me, this was just a great podcast about confidence. And so many people tell me, Haley, you're so confident. And I'm like, I don't know, am I? I'm as confident as most people. I'm like, I'm confident in some things and I'm not confident in others. And the way that um, Nicole describes confidence is my quality thought of the week. And I will try to transfer, translate it to you in the most <laughs> like easy way possible without going on a rambly, rambly tangent as I'm known to do. And essentially what she says is that confident comes down to trust and confidence comes down to trust. And actually the word confidence, if you break down the word, um, trust is like part of the word. Um, basically she says if a friend ever did things that were non-trustworthy, meaning promised they were going to do stuff with you and then didn't follow through or promised to be a, you know, to treat you a certain way and then didn't follow through, you would lack confidence in that friend meaning you would lack trust in that friend. And if that friend happened to be you, because we all know that we do things sometimes that are against our own best interests, um, if you do things that lead to lack of confidence in yourself, meaning lack of trust, such as saying you're going to work out and not, or saying you're going to do something um, and not doing it, or, or talking to yourself in a way that's not like a way you would talk to your friend, um, that is how you lose trust with yourself and therefore you lose confidence. So if you want to build confidence, literally all you would have to do is say you're going to do something, even if it's something very small and then follow through. And the more of those little things that you do for yourself, the more trust you will have in yourself. Also, the more confidence you will have in yourself. It's really like trust and confidence are super correlated. And I just never thought about it in the sense of, trust and confidence being correlated. And she talks about like how the word con man means like lack of tr like, like taking trust and uh, perverting it basically, because it's basically taking confidence and, you know, um, twisting that around. Right. So confidence and trust are so similar. I don't know. Just, I love the podcast. I love the thought. Um, when she talks about head trash versus inner knowing, she's basically saying if you wouldn't, yes, you can challenge yourself. Yes, you can have negative takes on things. But if the way you deliver it to yourself is a way that you wouldn't deliver it to a friend, a family member that you love or a child, then it's head trash. It's about how you deliver it to yourself. And um, if if you're hearing things in your head that are like very gremlin-y, very like mean and evil and not very nice – and not in the way you would talk to a friend, then it's probably head trash. So don't treat your head trash like it's an inner knowing because it certainly isn't. It's head trash. It stinks. It builds up over time. You have to clear it away. Um, man, both of these concepts that she brought up and the way that she talks about them are just, I don't know, just very clear and concise. And I did a terrible job at making them clear and concise. So if you want to listen to the podcast, I, I'm going to link it. I just thought it was great. And everybody could use help with confidence, right? Um, I think that's it right now. I will leave you just with some more band stuff, basically just saying I am currently booking. So we have two shows in Los Angeles area 
in December, and I'm currently booking another two shows in the San Luis Obispo County, California area, toying with the idea of doing a Bay Area gig as well. Um, So I guess I'll just say this. If you are a booker or somebody who has thoughts about venues or would like to see us play with certain bands or whatever, I mean, just let me know because I am in that process right now of looking at December and January and figuring out where we want to play and um, with whom. So with that, I will leave you and just want to say, I hope you have a great week. Um, I hope your tortillas are homemade and um, yeah, I hope that you don't ingest or um, smell any battery, battery acid because it is not fun. It is not pretty. And I may have lost a few brain cells, but Hey, I've always felt like to be a little bit less less self-aware would be a blessing. So let's hope that some of those brain cells uh, bring me down to a less self-aware neurotic place. And with that, I will wish you a wonderful week. I will be here next week for you on the road probably or perhaps back in California by then. Uh, Take care and sparkle hard.